As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I've got Rob on the phone. I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Rob and I were both at our respective families' places safely last week, so we were unable to do a pod. But honestly, not a lot to talk about. We we had some games against some teams that we thought we would beat easily in basketball, and we thought that we just had a kind of you know normal game against Florida State. Of course, that didn't happen. We're going to get into that. But Rob, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was terrific, dude, like you said. Uh, saw the fam, you know, I'm from Roanoke originally, so went down to Roanoke for the week and yeah, definitely relaxing to kind of get out of the Northern Virginia area for a bit. Um, so yeah, but good to be back. Good to have sports back, football and basketball, at least in some capacity with COVID. Um, so doing well, man. Yeah. And I was, I was in Charlottesville for a little bit too, just seeing some of, uh, my fiance CJ's family, which was really nice. And uh, I'm looking forward to Christmas, yeah, the Christmas break. I'll get a couple weeks off for that for school, uh, which will be nice. And so, um, yeah, we just it's nice to, you know, we're getting into that time where it's a lot of um, thinking about families, especially during this time. It's been difficult because, you know, we haven't been able to see a lot of people. So I think a lot of people are itching to, like, you know, be at home and be with people that they care about a lot just for you know, a couple days at least. So that'll be nice as well. But uh, also it's a time for basketball and football to be watched. And especially during the Thanksgiving, there was a lot of basketball played. I think there's like over 130 games on uh, that Wednesday, if I remember correctly. It was somewhere close to that, but there was a lot of basketball to be watched. Of course, we were on flow hoops, unfortunately, which was a, <laughs> I think, a terrible experience, <laughs> personally. Um, some people thought it was entertaining, but it was just really difficult to follow along. Um, Rob, uh, before we get into that, though, let's talk about our sponsor from Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on everything possible this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. So it this is going to be a kind of a sad pod because we we uh we're supposed to have two basketball games that many people thought would be not that close and then we were supposed to have a football game that a lot of people were excited about because it was against Florida State who is just kind of a you know the perennial ACC team but of course they've been really bad the past couple of years so it's been nice to beat them finally and we were going to go down to Tallahassee and hopefully beat some uh, uh, Florida State, but but that didn't happen. And it's a little bit frustrating because, of course, Florida State had to um, cancel the game due to COVID concerns. Rob, what is what was your feeling on uh, Saturday when you heard the news? Yeah, you know, definitely disappointed. Um, this was a game that we knew was going to be kind of dicey from the beginning, you know. Florida State, it's honestly just like a PR nightmare right now. You know, they 
uh, call off the game the week before against Clemson after Clemson had already traveled there. You know, there's some debate about, you know, could they have played, you know, Dabo obviously went really hard on them. Um, so they were obviously by all accounts trying to get this game in. And then around midweek, we started hearing the rumors that, hey, you know, Florida State might have some COVID concerns. The game was, you know, we knew apparently their special teams room was totally decimated. They had like one kicker available, no snappers, no punters, something crazy like that. Like Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, though. Um, but yeah, so we knew this game was a possibility to get canceled. When Virginia was reported that their flight did take off on Friday night, you know, I went to bed feeling actually pretty good. I was like, you know, they're not going to travel two weeks in a row. You know, <laughs> an opponent to Florida State isn't going to travel and have their game get postponed. Uh, and unfortunately, the joke was on us with that one. So definitely disappointed. You know, the more we find out, uh, you know, Florida State definitely didn't uphold their end of the bargain. You know, let's be clear about that. They had 44 scholarship players available. Teams have 85 scholarship players, so half their roster wasn't available. So, you know, really disappointing. They didn't hold up their end of the bargain. But then also, you know, for Bronco, what he said at today's press conference is he was maybe more disappointed by the ACC's protocols that, you know, that Virginia traveled down to Florida State not knowing necessarily if the game was going to get played. And obviously it didn't. So, you know, definitely disappointed in Florida State, disappointed in the ACC. You know, like, it's just a disappointing weekend because I was really fired up for that game. Yeah, you know, it was another night game on the ACC network. I, I think we live at the 8 o'clock slot on the ACC network, honestly. <laughs> uh, it's, feel, it's been feeling that way for a long time. I just, you know, it was kind of the similar vibe to the opening week against Virginia Tech when that got canceled. It just felt like, you know, our team was trying really hard to make it happen. And the other team, you know, whether they were, we can't say if they were trying hard or not, but um, they didn't make it happen. They didn't, they allowed it to not happen. And so it was just frustrating for me to, you know, kind of get hyped up and like, you know, honestly, and, and like, not to sound like spoiled or anything, but it kind of like, messed up my day like I'd planned my day around that eight eight o'clock tip or kickoff and then afterwards it was like oh well, I don't have that anymore so I was like you know what do I do now I've got this four hours open <laughs> I don't have any plans <laughs> you know it was kind of annoying um but that you know that's not really the big issue the big issue is that uh our team our UV football team has tried really hard has not been the reason that any games have been canceled this season we've had I think four games canceled this week or this season. I know Tech, Louisville, Florida State, and yeah, I think that's right. There was one other one in the a non-conference game. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to throw in what I think it started out as BMI and then yeah. they canceled, and then yeah, obviously Tech. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm honestly the same way though. I'll say as you. When that game got canceled, like I just lost my appetite for like college football that day in general. <laughs> like I saw it come across on game day and I was like, okay. And I maybe I went to a winery that day instead of uh, watching football mm. and it's whatever. Ended up watching a really bad movie at night. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously just disappointing. And, you know, now we're looking at could we potentially even reschedule this Florida State game? You know, I don't know. Florida State was supposed to play Duke this weekend, but Florida State has to cancel that game because of COVID. Um, they had to cancel Clemson. So Florida State technically has three games they need to cancel or need to make up with only, you know, two, one week, however you want to frame it based on availability and whether or not games get played on December 19th, which mm -hmm. is the ACC championship day. You know, there's really not a lot of time to do it. And the way people have been opting out, you know, news broke yesterday, Asante Samuel Jr., is opting out the rest of the season to prepare for the draft. So, you know, there's a very real chance Florida State just might shut down the program for the rest of the season, so, um, the, the way things are going there. So, like, I've heard a lot about how the ACC might have games played on the 19th, which is when the championship is supposed to be. Now, of course, assuming results hold, it's going to be Notre Dame and Clemson in that championship game. Do you – and, like, in the past, there hasn't been – in championship games, there it's really just like championships all day. Um, do you really think that they would have other games on that day? It like 
leading up to the championship game? I mean, I think the ACC would be open to it if they need to make up games. And listen, programs need money too. Like if programs mm-hmm. can get a TV schedule or revenue for their limited attendance, whatever it may be, you know, I think teams would be open to it. You know, specific to UVA, I'm just not sure it happens. You know, Bronco said today he has no interest of going back down to Tallahassee. Um, yeah. So it doesn't seem like, you know, if you take it at face value, it seems like at minimum they're not going to play at Florida State. And, you know, if you want to read more into it, I don't think they probably play any more games other than Boston College and Virginia Tech, which they already had scheduled um, in the regular season, that is. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if teams did that. I think the Pac-12 is doing that. I think the Pac-12 has games set up on the same day as the conference game, conference championship. But I mean, it, it's just tough to say. I'd be surprised just based on what Broncos said today if UVA played any more regular season games beyond Boston College and Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so just frustration. And, you know, if you want to listen to us kind of rant about how teams don't take it seriously, you can go back and listen to our Virginia Tech pod because we basically, <laughs> that's all we talked about for like an hour. It felt good, but like, that was, <laughs> I think that was it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just frustrating and hopefully we don't reschedule it. We've got Boston college coming up this Saturday. It's actually on ESPN three, uh, at three thirty. And honestly, I think it's going to be a close game. Rob, how do you feel about the Boston, the BC game? Boston college is always at best a toss up, man, because UVA has actually never beat Boston College. I think we're 0-6 yeah. all time against them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the last time we played was 2017 going into homecoming, and we were 5-1. and It was like, this might finally be the time, and they beat us like 40-10 to 10 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a good game. Boston College is 6-4 and four right now. Um, Phil Jerkovich, their quarterback, um, formerly at Notre Dame, He's had a really nice season, and he actually banged up his knee on Saturday um, when they were playing against Louisville. They won 34-27. to um, So I think he's going to be available to play based on what I've read, but you know, maybe at a limited capacity. That's still kind of a developing story. But I, I agree with you, man. UVA and Boston College should be a great game you know, if both of them live up to um, you know, how they've played so far. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Breaking out the old ESPN trace and you know, firing <laughs> that up. Haven't done that in a long time. Cause now we have ACC network, so I think it's weird that we're on ESPN three. Uh that'll be fun. Uh before we kinda go to basketball, I want to play a quick game with you, kinda lighten the football mood. And we're playing a stats game. So uh a couple weeks ago we played Albion Christian and of course won that game fifty five to fifteen. Uh, Brennan Armstrong actually led the team in passing yards with 383 and rushing yards with 52. Um, how many other times this season has Brennan Armstrong led the team in both passing and rushing? Oh, man. Um, so You can just do like total, I'm, like total times yeah, this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. I'm going through the schedule now. I'll guess, I'll guess twice. It's actually four. It's four times. So against Cle- it was against Clemson. He had 270 yards passing and 89 yards rushing. He did it against Miami. First game he was back, 181 yards passing and 91 yards rushing. He did it against Louisville too with 203 yards passing and 60 yards rushing. Yeah, impressive stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it's weird because uh second second stat number, no Rusher this season has broken 100 yards in a game, although uh, one did come close. Who came the closest to 100 yards rushing in a game this year? I want to say Brennan had like 90 yards against UNC or Louisville or something like that. Yeah, so Brennan had 91 against Miami, but it was actually Wayne Talapapa had 95 against Duke in that first matchup. Good stuff. Good stuff. I think it's kind of yeah. weird. Sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you're kind of getting away from Florida State specifically and more into just football in general, you know, it's really looking like from a running perspective, you know, it's obviously coming more and more around um, Brennan Armstrong, but mm-hmm. 
it also really looks like, you know, based on Abilene Christian, that Shane Simpson is more or less our number one back now. Yeah. You know, we're still rotating running backs, but it looks like Shane Simpson is more of the number one guy than Wayne is at this point. Yeah, it's it's been a nice, you know, kind of break from that. Um, speaking of Shane Simpson, he had uh, he's only had the leading amount of rushing yards twice this season. But we've had uh, four different players lead the team in rushing this season. I've named three of them. Can you name the fourth? Oh, man. So it would have been Wayne, Brennan. um, I'm trying to think who the fourth would be. You know, is it um, Keaton Thompson, maybe? Yes. Yes. Keaton Thompson at 71 yards in that weird game against Wake Forest when we just played all three quarterbacks at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's actually really funny. Um, Last week when I was like getting ready to like, you know, learn about Florida State and everything. I ended up listening to a Florida State podcast, and they were talking about UVA. And you know, I think they were a bit behind the times. They were breaking down the games of like Wake Forest and NC State about how we had our three quarterback rotation, which mm-hmm. obviously since Brennan's been back, we haven't done anymore. But just hearing them talk about it and like how blown away they were by that, just like that we kind of pulled it off at one point it was fun for a half yeah it was fun we we lost all those games but uh it was fun while it lasted for sure yeah (laughs) for sure and uh we're gonna do one more question uh we've had a bunch of different well we've had eight games so far uh what is the person who has had the highest amount of receiving yards in one game the number is 111 receiving yards. Do you know who the player was? Oh, man. I'm going to guess 111. I'm going to guess Lavelle Davis, just because he had 90 yards against Abilene Christian in that one reception. That's a good guess, but that was his only reception that game, actually. Jana led the team with 111 receiving yards against NC State. Uh, so a weird game for sure, where Lindell Stone threw for um, most of his yards straight to uh, Terrell Jana. Yeah, you know, and maybe it's because just like games have been spaced out because of COVID and cancellations, or maybe it's because, you know, we had Brennan Hurt for a couple games. But like, I don't know, I feel like it's just this season is just so hard to like connect the dots in between mm-hmm. games, you know? It's just like, I don't know. I normally like feel like I'm way more on top of like what's going on stat wise. Well, you than, know, uh, maybe I just showed. And you know, also I think in most of the stats that we were just talking about, you know, we're all in that four loss stretch where I think you know some fans lost all hope for the season. So I think it's not uncommon for to just kind of you know not talk about the stats as much as you lose. <laughs> but of course, you know, against like Abilene Christian, you remember Lavelle Davis's 90 yard catch and you, of course, against Louisville, um, you know, you just remember some of those plays. So I think, you know, it's fun. It's more fun when you win, of course, but good job. You did, uh, you did pretty good in that stat game. So uh, I'll, I'll come up. I like coming up with these on the fly. I think it's fun and you usually do pretty good. Yeah. Off day, but off day. Uh, one thing I will say before we switch over to basketball, because I know we do have a lot to talk about basketball-wise, you know, UVA is 4-4 four and four right now, most likely two regular season games left uh, on a three-game winning streak. You know, I don't know if we'll get this build up to Boston College, you know, like you said, day game on regional sports networks on Saturday. Like, I don't know if we'll get that build up, but that's actually a really big game for this program. And then obviously we have Virginia Tech, which timing-wise was put on a six-day hold. So we'll find out next weekend or Monday um when that timing comes out but you know it's been a frustrating season with the injuries and with cancellations and just COVID in general but I mean we're at four and four right now you know at minimum I really want to be five and five and heck I mean if this team can finish the year on a five game winning streak in the regular season you know beat Boston College beat Virginia Tech um you know certainly won't be easy but I think both are achievable and within reach you know there's still plenty of reason to be excited about this team over the next two weeks so i'm excited to see what happens we'll see what happens with the bowl game you know 
how those work out and if we'll get an invite and you know all all of that mess that will get sorted out here in the next couple of weeks but i i am still really excited about this season and i really am looking forward to watching those last two games yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see if we make it to six wins or if we stay at five and five or if we you know we could easily lose these next two games too so it'll be good to to keep on looking at it and and making sure that we finish strong and before we get into the basketball talk i want to talk about our sponsors from bet online and manscaped the wait is finally over football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head to bet online today to use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses bet online your online sportsbook experts we are also sponsored by manscaped Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. Yes, I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed cut, free, and smelling nice down there. You don't use the same trimmer on your face as you do on your balls. That's just nasty. You need Manscaped. It, is an, it also has an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Ah, yes your balls speaking of sweaty and stinky balls i'm thankful for their crop reviver this product along with the crop preserver keep your balls from sweating smelling and sticking these products smell good their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what i mean this holiday season the perfect package will also come with a pair of manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day it's time to upgrade over those used pair of boxers to manscapes boxers tis the season to manscape so get yourself your dad your brother and your friends the best gift of all the manscaped perfect package 3.0 get 20 percent off today plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com that's a-r-m-c-h-a-i-r at manscaped.com your balls will thank you i didn't i didn't laugh this time. i didn't laugh yeah, this me neither <laughs> we're I, professionals i felt really good about it <laughs> I still almost laughed when I said it cuts on your nuts, but we're getting, we're professionals, so um, we don't laugh while reading ads. Uh, let's move on. You know, I Rob, I had an opportunity for a joke earlier, and I missed it, because um went on uh, on Wednesday while watching the Towson game, the announcers kept calling Statman Statman, and uh, I felt like the Statman while asking you those <laughs> trivia questions earlier. Uh, it would have been a nice kind of, you know, transition, but I missed it. So I want to apologize to everyone for being a bad host uh, for this podcast. So, uh, but let's move on. And <laughs> we had two basketball games this past week. Basketball season is back. It's every UVA fan's favorite time of the year. And unfortunately, it did not start off as well as everyone wanted. We did beat Towson 89-54 on Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving. We were thankful for that. But after uh, day after Thanksgiving on Friday, we lost to San Francisco 61-60. to And uh, we dropped to 1-1 one one on the season. We are now ranked 15th in the country in the AP poll. We were 4th. We dropped to 15th. Honestly, I thought we would drop farther uh, just because, you know, people have always done that to us but i think after winning the championship people are a little bit less hesitant to drop us as far after a loss rob what what was kind of your takeaway from the loss against san francisco yeah you know we talked about this and there was definitely kind of some i'll call it overreaction um Mm -hmm. on twitter and message boards and what have you kind of right after the loss i feel like most people have settled down by now um to be honest, I'm not really that worried. You know, this is a Virginia team that uh, obviously we all know Tony Bennett's a great coach. 
Um, but we come into the season with a lot of new pieces. You know, we knew we were going to have Sam Hauser coming in the season. He has a year in the program, but we literally didn't know until, you know, less than a week ago that we'd have Trey Murphy this year too. So, you know, this is a team that can honestly go 13 deep. So we knew it was going to take some time to work out the rotation, which Tony Bennett even admitted to, um, you know, this rotation is going to go from, you know, right now we're playing about 10 guys. So everyone basically except for Kafaro, Jabri and McCorkle right now. Um, and by the end of the season, it's going to get kind down to seven, maybe eight, but you know, that eighth guy is probably going to be a fringe guy. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And it's not even to say that Jabri can't make him into the rotation. And, you know, adding on top of that, what we didn't really know before our first game on, uh, on Wednesday was that we were going to be kind of debuting a new offense, this kind of five outlook, you know, mm-hmm. kind of away from the mover blocker, away from the continuity ball screen. So there's new players. There's a new offense. Listen, this team's going to take some time to gel, but at the same time, we know Tony Bennett is arguably the best coach in the country. And we also know offensively this UVA has talent and depth. Like we haven't seen before under Tony Bennett. So I'm, I'm, I think we're at the point really with UVA basketball where we don't need to overreact and dissect every game. We know this team is going to be good. And, you know, all that really matters is kind of how we start playing later in the season and once it all meshes. So I'm okay with it. I'd like to see us get better, but I'm okay with it. How are you feeling? Yeah. You know, honestly, I was, I was feeling like pretty crummy on Friday at the time, but I think I, you know, I thought about it. Same as you, I think I came to the conclusion that there's just a lot that this team has to figure out. And this is not unusual for a team that has a lot of new members. And like, it doesn't feel like we have a lot of new members, but we do. Um, We lost two senior players last season in Braxton Key, Mamadi Diakite. And I don't think enough is being made of their departures. I would argue that they were our two best defenders um, on the ball and off the ball, uh, their ability to block shots as well as switch on to basically anyone on the court was really impressive. And we are certainly going to miss that this season. Not to say we don't have good defenders now, but I just don't, at this time, the people replacing them, uh, Trey Murphy and Sam Hauser really, I don't think are even close to their defensive ability, uh, that Mamadi and Braxton both had. So we're missing, some leaders on defense we're also you know as you said uh trying out a new offense and we're not only trying out a new offense but we're doing it with different people you know we're talking about um we have two players actually really three new players to the program that are playing a lot we've got sam hauser who played 26 minutes against Towson. he played 34 minutes against san francisco and we also have um uh, Trey Murphy, who played 17 minutes against Towson, and he played 25 minutes against San Francisco. So we've got those two players who are kind of more, you know, people thought that they would play a lot, but also Reese Beekman has been playing a lot. 27 minutes against San Francisco, as well as 20 minutes against Towson. So he's played over 20 minutes in both games. I don't think a lot of people saw that much coming from him right at the start of the season. And I think it's just a new team. Even though a lot of the pieces are still there, you know, Justin McCoy is, has stepped up a lot. Uh, Jay Huff it now has to be a senior leader and a leader on the defensive end. Kihei Clark doesn't have to score as much this year. He has to be more of a distributor. Casey is going to be a ball handler as well as probably our best on-ball defender. There's just a lot of different roles this season, and I think it's going to take some time for them to kind of settle into those roles and gel with each other within those roles as well. Um, You know, Cody's going to have to kind of get used to not playing as much, probably. Um, We're going to have to get used to uh, Caden Shedrick coming in uh, for Jay Huff or Sam Hauser and getting some minutes. You know, he's super long. I'm excited to see him, but once again, didn't play at all last year has to gel with these guys. And I think with this season, not having any preseason games has really hurt this team. I'm sorry, that was a whole lot of stuff all at once. 
I didn't mean to take over, but I think there's just a lot to talk about with what went wrong and why this team is not ready yet to to win games. Yeah, totally. And, you know, going back to really the first point you made about kind of this defense, um, you know, I think the way I look at Virginia basketball, you know, from the most macro sense is, you know, how does this offense look? And Tony Bennett would absolutely disagree with me if we were in the same room together and talking mm-hmm. about this because Tony Bennett, Virginia will allow like 50 points. I'll say the defense wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. What we know about Virginia though, is that the defense is always going to be strong. You know, there, we certainly need to get more offensive or get more rebounds. Um, you know, it, the defense certainly wasn't perfect, but as a whole, you know, like I didn't look at either of those games and be like, wow, like Virginia played really, really bad defensively. Um, you know, I think the championship year, we were second in Ken Palm offense and fifth in defense, which was the only, obviously we won the championship that year. And I think that was the only year recently that our offense has been ranked higher than the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so really what I'm looking at is how do the offensive pieces mesh together? You know, I think it's really interesting looking at lineups with that have both Sam Hauser and Trey Murphy on the floor together. You know, how do those obviously two really talented long wing like players, you know, how do they fit together offensively, you know, looking at when Jay Huff comes out of the game, who plays the five, you know, or do we go small with McCoy or do we bring in Shedrick? Kafaro really hasn't played that much. And then, you know, in my opinion right now, probably the biggest weakness of the offense is, um, or at least personnel wise on the offense is the two guard spot. You know, Mm -hmm. right now we have, uh, you know, uh, Casey Morsell, uh, you know, you have Tomas, you know, I'd put uh, Cody Statman more in the wing category as a mm-hmm. three than a two. But, you know, we've also seen Beekman play it on the floor at the same time as Kihei. So that's a spot that certainly is going to evolve personnel wise. And, you know, I'd say there's really three legit options that you could put there alongside Kihei. So, you know, what he said, it's this team is just going to continue to evolve. And Tony has said this too, you know, like the rotation is so deep this year. I mean, from top to bottom of the roster, this is probably the deepest team we've ever had at Virginia. We just need to figure out who plays well together. And that's going to mean some good players, you know, that are probably sitting on the bench come January, February, and March. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a really good point to make. Like who is that rotation going to be? For now, it seems like the starting five is pretty set. We've had the same starting five, for the uh, for our first two games, it was uh, Justin McCoy, Sam Hauser, Jay Huff, Casey Morsell, Morsell, and uh, Kihei Clark. Uh, now, of course, that can change a lot. I, I feel like you know if, if especially if, uh, you know if someone gets hurt, they can move that in. But I feel like Tomas can move into that starting lineup if if we need more shooting. I think he's probably coming off the bench because Casey's a better defender. And that's just always been Tony's MO is to have the best defense on the court at the start. You know, like like Jack Salt always used to start games and even when he was like a sophomore and no one knew why. But it's because he just likes the he likes that defense. Um so we've got our defense on the floor to start and then he brings in the offense as necessary. But like we gotta figure out where that offense is coming from because Jay Huff only took two shots on Friday against San Francisco and I think that is incorrect for how to win games I we can't I think he is probably our most intriguing offensive player on the floor at all times I also think he's one of the most intriguing players in the country just in terms of what he can do with the ball I mean against Towson we saw him do a reverse dunk off an alley-oop and then knock down a three-pointer within minutes of each other and there's just very few people who can do that and also you take you off the dribble on the baseline and finish strong. I think he's gotten a lot better. And from what I saw against Towson, he looked like he had improved, gotten a little bit stronger, maybe moved his, uh, got did some footwork drills, but he just didn't take any shots against uh, San Francisco. And I don't know if that was, he wasn't getting calls to get shots or if they weren't looking for him to get shots. I'm I was just confused about the offense and how Jay is supposed to get involved in it. Yeah. And I mean, he's certainly going to be a part of it. And, you know, that's, that's part of what Tony talked about after the game is that this team needs to be more physical. Mm -hmm. I think they're going forward. There might be more of an emphasis 
um, to getting Jay more involved. Because, you know, like you said, he was one for two, of one from three. So he made his only two-point attempt um, against San Francisco. He also made um, – but, yeah, I mean, you know, so I think part of that more physical mindset is going to be getting the ball to Jay more. You know, we should say Justin McCoy actually had a nice game mm-hmm. against uh, Towson. He had 11 points. He was four for eight from the field. Um, also hit a three-pointer, which was kind of exciting about where he can potentially go, not just this season, but later on in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I think they're going to try to get more physical. I also think, you know, this five-out sets, you know, they're they're really trying to create ISOs for certain players. You know, I think of Sam Hauser way more of a shooter than I do as someone who's going to take you off the dribble. You know, I think his role is going to be more defined as a shooter moving forward. Um, and, you know, you look at uh, Trey Murphy, he actually was really good attacking the rim against Towson, and that kind of disappeared against San Francisco. And, you know, I think uh, Reese Beekman is also a guy who can get into the paint from the guard spot as well. So, you know, there's obviously a lot of things to correct. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about, too, because there's more players to talk about this year. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to have to see how it evolves. And does it mean, you know, a different looking offense than we've seen? You know, do they go back? I don't think this team is really set up great for the mover blocker, but I think they can certainly play more continuity ball screen like we saw last year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot to figure out. Thankfully we have a couple games before we get to, um, you know, Michigan state, which will be a big matchup. Hopefully we can pick up a couple more wins before then. Um, yeah. But I mean, this certainly is really, really intriguing from like an X's and O's from a personnel standpoint. There's just more here than, to dissect than what we've had the past couple of seasons. I think the, I think there's two things to point out just in general. I think that the next couple of games are really going really to be helpful with. And of course the next couple of practices are going to be helpful with as well is that they didn't get any preseason games. COVID did not allow teams to have any preseason games, which is really a time where teams can have, you know, you always hear about these secret scrimmages. Uh, Villanova and UVA have had a couple against each other in the past. No one leaks the information. But players get a chance to play with each other in game situations. You get the opportunity to play different players on the court at the same time. And you also get to have, you know, game run. Like, you get to run up and down the court a lot. And I think there's something to be said for having your game legs under you. San Francisco had played three games in three days uh, at that point. The, our, our game was the third game against them. And when we, when we lost that game, that was their third game in three days. And But they looked fresher than we did. I think there's something to be said for playing some games to getting your game legs under you. It takes a little bit of time for that to happen. So not only does it mess with the lineup, it messes with your... Um, messes with your ability to play the game at the best level but also going back to the lineup you don't know your team as well once again we talked about this a lot of different pieces moving here on friday against san francisco we only had five assists we had eight turnovers uh that is very unusual for a tony bennett team It is very unlikely or it's not likely that when we win a game we have less assists than turnovers and actually, it happened twice. It happened against Towson, too. We had nine assists and ten turnovers. So I think that this team doesn't know how the other, how the other, how their teammates are moving. I don't think that they quite have a grasp on the offense yet. I think that they need more time together. And I think that this team is just going to get better as we go forward. And I'm not super worried about that. Tony has proven in the past that uh, his teams get better as the year goes on. Yeah, you know, 100%. And honestly, like, look at the rest of the college basketball world. You know, Virginia, the Commonwealth, that is, and Virginia was, like, involved in all sorts of upsets. You know, Virginia Tech upsets Villanova, which was ranked number three. Mm -hmm. Villanova, obviously, a great program. And then, you know, Richmond goes ahead and upsets Kentucky at Kentucky. So, like, you're seeing these top teams, like, get upset it's not like this is just virginia now is san francisco probably worse than richmond or virginia tech yeah For sure. but you know it it just kind of is what it is and you know like i think it's a really great point about the scrimmages you know um just figuring out these lineups right now 
and listen, like we know it's a great program we have here at Virginia. We know we have really strong players. I think we're going to figure this out. You know, it's so Tony Bennett called the um, Towson game, maybe full school because we were so efficient from three, but mm. like, listen, we scored 89 points. Like we saw offensive firepower in this team. So it's, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not in overreaction mode. You know, I think mm-hmm. we just need to kind of, I think I'll be really intrigued to see how we play. Um, we play Tuesday at four o'clock against St. Francis, St. Francis team that beat Pittsburgh by 10 points, mm-hmm. um, 80 to 70, but then lost on Saturday to our friends at UMBC, 80 yeah. to 65. So a lot to watch for, but you know, again, like other people in the college basketball world have lost games too. Like it's, it just is what it is. We're not going to start, you know, 20 and Oh, like we did a couple seasons ago. Yeah. It's fine. We'll, we'll just move on. <laughs> right. And I, I think, I also think it takes a little bit of pressure off. There's a lot of talk coming into the season about, um, you know, Sam Hauser being picked for, um, some preseason all American stuff. I think there's a lot of talk about UVA going back to the final four defending the title. I think that this takes a lot of pressure off. I think that they can actually just focus now and uh, play some ball. I I think it's going to be really helpful for them. Uh, There's a couple things I want to point out about the San Francisco game that were just kind of weird. And I think a tribute to Tony, just kind of trying to figure some stuff out with this team. One, um, not fouling on that last San Francisco possession. There was about 30 seconds left and Tony, uh, or the team kind of let the clock run down until there was about 12 seconds left before fouling San Francisco. And ultimately they missed that shot. We go down and, um, we miss a, th- a you know, okay. Look from Sam Hauser at three, uh, but we missed that shot that would have won the game. Rob, what do you think of that decision to not foul earlier? You know, I, I thought they should have fouled earlier. I think most people on Twitter and whatnot thought the same thing. Um, the armchair. Coaches. But you know, yeah. Um, which, you know, you and I certainly both participate from time to yes. time. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. We know Tony does things a bit differently as far as clock management goes than other coaches. You know, Tony Bennett has never been a big two-for-one guy, um, which drives people kind of crazy mm-hmm. down near the end of halves. Um, and, you know, here he would have said, I'm sure, that the Virginia defense is good. He wanted to double, try to get a turnover. Um, and, you know, like to his credit, they they fouled with, what, 12 seconds left and they missed the front end of the one and one. So Virginia got a chance to win it. I didn't love the play call. I would have liked to see them go towards the rim mm-hmm. offensively. So if you miss the layup, hopefully you can get a foul out of it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, Tony Bennett just kind of looks at things a bit differently, but you know, we lost it, but you know, I wouldn't say that decision really cost us the game. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no I agree. Uh, one more note about the San Francisco game and the end the Towson game together uh, against Towson, Sam Hauser, Jay Huff, and Trey Murphy all together made 11 threes, only missed four threes between them uh, against San Francisco. Do you know how many they made all together? Uh, we made three. Uh, no, just those three guys. Oh, uh, what? I know uh, Justin hit one. I'm trying to think back. Uh Thomas hit one. I, I forget who the third was. The third one was Reese, but Trey Murphy, Jay Huff, and Sam Hauser go 0 of 5 from 3. I think first of all, um, I feel like this team, I don't know if Sam Hauser's a streaky shooter. I don't think he is. My gut is telling me that Trey Murphy might be a streaky shooter. So, you know, just be on the lookout for that. He was 0 of 6. Um, from the field, but did hit fourth free throws. Trey Murphy, uh, Jay Huff only attempted one, three Sam Hauser missed all three of his. Um, I just, yeah, I just feel like I don't want this team to be a live by the three, die by the three kind of team, kind of like we were last year. And I just, I just want to make sure not only do we get good looks from three, but that we also get the ball inside a little bit more. You know, we already talked about Justin had a good game. He was four of eight, uh, Sam Hauser was five of 11, but all of his made shots were inside the arc. I think, you know, he had a good game inside. 
I just, you know, I want to see them move the ball a little bit inside. Yeah, and, you know, this isn't the Anthony Gill days where we're really going to be posting people up. I think most of our points in the paint are going to come from more so the guards and wings kind of slashing and getting inside to the rim. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, like I just said, I wish we would have gone more towards the basket on that last Mm -hmm. possession against San Francisco. Um, And, you know, I think we have the players that can do that. You know, Kihei's not really known as a finisher necessarily around the rim, but he can get into the paint. You know, like I said, I think we saw Reese and Trey show their potential of getting inside. Mm -hmm. And obviously Jay is going to get his buckets as well. Um, But, you know, it's all about the evolution of the offense. And I don't know where it's ultimately going to land, you know, January, February, March. But I think Tony Bennett is playing with lineups. He's figuring some things out. And, you know, I'm just excited to see kind of where it takes us because I think there still is a tremendous ceiling. And, you know, we fall mm-hmm. down to 15th from the polls, I think. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now we just got to climb our way back up. But, you know, saying like that one loss changes my expectations of the season or, you know, how I feel about ourselves as a program or whatsoever, you know, nothing's really changed. It was a loss. I think we'll do a great job coming back. And, um, the ceiling that i think this team has yeah i i totally agree i'm really excited to watch the rest of the season i'm excited to see where this team goes and i'm really excited to see them play uh not william and mary that was just canceled but saint francis is on uh december 1st now um which is tomorrow at 4 p.m on the acc network so that should be um hopefully a game we can get back it's at home uh, we'll get to see the new court, which will be fun. If if you guys didn't watch the women's game last week, you might get a chance to see the new court against St. Francis, which will be nice. And I, you know, I'm just looking. I'm happy basketball is back. You know, for so long during COVID, we didn't have any sports, and now <laughs> sports are coming back, and people are complaining about you know refs and losing and all this <laughs> stuff. Uh, just be happy. You know, we got we got the thing we love the most back, and that's what that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, totally. I mean, now, like, with COVID, which probably isn't for the better, necessarily, all of it, but obviously you have basketball pretty much every game during the week. You mm-hmm. know, COVID is putting football games at weird times, so, like, it was just announced right now, my Washington football team is playing Monday against the Steelers because nice. now we have Ravens-Steelers on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, so there's sports all over the place, yeah. so there's no shortage of things to watch on TV. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's it's a weird time. There's going to be, you know, William & Mary was just canceled. There's going to be games canceled all over the place and rescheduled. Hopefully, I'm just, the only two games I really want to play are Michigan State on December 9th and Villanova on December 19th. Those are the only two games I want, and I just really hope that they um, uh, stay that way because they're going to be great games, both of them. Yeah, and, you know, like, what we saw last week is that teams are very, you know, able and maybe even eager to adjust their schedules. You know, we saw Villanova purposefully add Virginia Tech at the last minute to add another game. Mm -hmm. We saw UVA replace Maine and Florida for uh, Towson and San Francisco. So, you know, teams are going to get creative. Like you said, we already know William & Mary um, is going to get, at minimum, postponed. Um, they were originally scheduled for December 12th. So, you know, we're going to see teams get creative and I'm sure more games will get moved around um, and potential new opponents come as other opponents fall off the schedule. So it's going to be crazy, man. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday last weekend where Twitter was just nuts for like two hours in the mm-hmm. morning as all these games were getting moved. It's yeah. like, can we keep up? Like what's happening? So, I mean, there's no shortage of drama this season in college basketball. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they push the tournament back to April or even May, uh, get some some April anarchy or May madness. <laughs> I'm 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 here for extending the season. I just want I just want it all. I want it all to be played. But when is John Rossing going to sleep, dude? Is he going to sleep in June? There is no sleep for that man. I, he's insane. <laughs> that is he's true. going crazy. <laughs> like all these games are getting canceled, and he he knows about it before it happens it's just it's nuts so uh bless th- bless him i don't don't turn on your alerts for john rostein though you will never uh your phone will die before uh, you need you actually need it so but he he will let you know 
all of what you need to know about COVID. And his job is probably more difficult than ever, honestly, because <laughs> he not only he can't be at games, but he has to keep just texting everyone. So uh, his poor thumbs. I feel bad for him. Rob, is there any <laughs> any last word on uh, basketball? Any any shout outs that we need to give? Any yells that we need to any anything happening? I have one yell uh, that I'll give while maybe you're thinking about it. Uh, Justin Anderson. Yeah, Justin Anderson got signed by the uh, 76ers so good for him going back to the 76 or no he was he was never on the 76ers actually you know he was for a little bit yeah he was he was, he was for a little bit um he, he's been moved around a lot but i'm excited to see him go back to 76ers and uh you know he 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 played well i think a little bit in the bubble so maybe he will uh get get into the rotation there it'll be good they got a new coach so uh i'm excited to see uh what he can do there yeah, definitely. I mean, if you want to stay on um, the NBA, how about Anthony Gill getting a shot in the NBA oh, now yeah. with the Wizards? So we'll see how that works out for him. Home Hopefully, team. Really good. You know, he released a video, um, workout video of him training with Justin Anderson. And mm-hmm. He was hitting threes and everything. It's like, man, that, that looks different than what we saw in Charlottesville. Yeah, Russia um, will change you. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, no, but I think we also have to give a shout out here to Trey Murphy because I think it's easy to forget, you know, with everything that happened this mm-hmm. past week. You know, as of this time a week ago, Trey Murphy wasn't eligible to play. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he finds out um, the night before the Towson game that he's eligible and kind of explodes on the scene there. I think he had 21 points against Towson. Um, so, congrats to Trey Murphy. Um, I'm really excited about what he adds to this lineup and. Uh, I'm just really excited about this season in general. So glad Trey Murphy will be able to play for us this year. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the court a lot. So far, he's made the rotation like a pretty good amount. So I'm excited to see him with that. Um, with that being said, I think that's it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. This is we are the guys in ties. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat for all that bonus content at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to uh, follow us on in iTunes and Spotify if you want to keep listening. And go check out Armchair Media. They've got a whole bunch of podcasts about all your favorite sports. And, you know, a bunch of sports are back. Basketball, MMA is back. It has been back. Boxing, there's a great boxing matches uh, this past weekend. Mike Tyson comes back. Logan Paul knocks out nate robinson i don't know if you watched any of those i think fights are really interesting i don't really understand them but i like watching them and uh, make sure to check them out and we will see you guys next week go who's